Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Today I'm with Lindsay Kaufman. She works in advertising and lives in Brooklyn, New York, which is currently under a blizzard right now. Uh, Her personal essays have appeared in the Washington Post and several other publications. And today's discussion, I found her article, Google Got It Wrong, The Open Office Trend is Destroying the Workplace. So our discussion is going to be all about that article that was in the Washington Post on December 30th, 2014. Lindsay, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So you, you started the essay by talking about it as a personal experience. You, you had to trade in your private office for seat at the long table, a shared table nonetheless. Describe how that situation came about. What were the leaders of the company thinking when they went to an open office environment? Oh, I think they were thinking money, um, 100%. How do we fit more people in the office, basically? Yeah, exactly. Let's get more people in a smaller space. You know, we were an agency that had been around for a long time, had kind of been through several iterations. And uh, it was kind of almost inevitable, like I knew it was going to happen. And then it did. And, you know, it was a very difficult transition for probably most of us. Yeah. And you at the time, and maybe you still are, you were a senior writer for, for the organization. So having a private office probably was really helpful in your creativity and, and just being able to sit down and, and write the words that you're thinking of. Well, I never had a private office. I'll oh, okay. tell you how much I shared. Uh, we work in partners usually. Creatives work in teams of copywriters and art directors. You know, no one's ever used to like complete privacy. That's not going to happen. But just even having only two people in one room, you know, it just was significantly different because you could put your head down and get to work and, you know, Creatives are notoriously like attention deficit nightmares. So, you know, having to uh, get work done is hard enough, like in a normal scenario. And then when you add this kind of completely like open fishbowl thing, it's just, it was a jungle. Yeah, I'm sure with like sharing even an office or you even having a private space, you, you, you probably figure out how the other person works and you could, you know, figure out a way to get in the zone. But when you're sharing a long table, open office, I mean, describe like all the distractions that you probably had, noise and just maybe staring at people or just worried that other people are looking at you. Like what kind of things went through your head? Oh, yeah, all of it. Like I thought everybody <laughs> was looking at how many times I go to the bathroom a day, what time I was like leaving to go home, all, you know, what time it was coming in because, you know, creatives like to roll in kind of late. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I actually laughed at the section of your essay where you talked about you're a frequent water drinker, so naturally you're going to go to the restroom a lot more. And people likely, or at least in your head, you're thinking, oh, they're tallying how many times I'm going to the restroom today. See, that then sticks in the back of your mind. And then how do you get back in the zone? It, it seems hard. I don't know that I ever was in the zone. That's probably what <laughs> what, what happened. I never, you know, it was just like, ne- you come in, you know, and the thing about creatives is we're all really so like real social animals and we all really liked each other. 
So by the time you come in, have your coffee, talk about last night's episode of The Walking Dead, you know, because you can just see everybody. Yes. So like it, it was just it was like gasoline and dynamite. It was terrible. So did you guys feel the immediate impact when you went from maybe cubicles or just at least some privacy where you're not staring at people and then to the open space? Did, did you see an immediate shift on how people behaved? I mean, I personally just saw how how much less productive I was, and mm-hmm. I know that I know that I wasn't an anomaly, you know. And I, I remember talking to another guy who was a very very senior person at that time, been around forever, older dude. He was like, "I'm depressed," and I was like, "I feel depressed. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Like, it's just you, you know, you, you need that kind of visual and kind of spatial like separation sometimes to just kind of recharge your battery." I mean, you mentioned like this is this is a trend, right? Uh, back in 2014, it was starting to become a trend. Business leaders are saying, "Hey, we need maybe this open." I think they put it under the guise of it's going to be more collaborative, and you know, we're going to have a tighter culture and all those things. Did the trend really start with that in mind, or was it? I mean, you, you alluded to the fact that it may be money or just trying to get more employees in the same space. What do you think it was? I mean, personally, I just, I think it's a money thing. I, and that's the thing. I think the C-suite is always going to tell you that it's collaborative and da, da, da. People don't need help collaborating. People can collaborate. So I think, you know, like, let's call a spade a spade. I get it. If you're like, listen, I can shove all these people into one space for like half the amount of money and hooray, like times are tough. I, I, you know, I totally get it. It's happening to every business. Like, you know, as the overhead gets, they, they, they're trying to keep the overhead lower. But like, I really hate when people try to say, oh, it's collaborative. Like nobody ever needed help with that before. We know how to collaborate. You know, you need the ability to collaborate and then separate. Did the leaders of that particular company, did they ask the questions of you guys? Like, hey, do you guys want this? Did, did, was <laughs> it, were they involved in, or were you guys involved in that process? Or was it just like, hey, we're doing this. Uh, and you came in the next day and it was it was an open space all of a sudden. Oh, we knew it was coming. But no, 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 we were never included. You know, I'm sure that I know the people at the top were and maybe they fought for it. And then they, you know, were the ones who kind of helped design it. But no, there was just definitely no employee input, which I guess I understand, too, because like, God help you if you open up that can of worms. Totally. Yeah, you're going to hear a bunch of different answers from people. Yeah. You know, I, I just think, I mean, well, we can get to it later, but I have opinions on like, you know, the open office I think is inevitable. I think it's kind of going to become a staple, but I just think there's different ways to do it. The way that mine was done was not the way that I think is optimal. So you did mention this is a trend. Do you think it started with a few companies? I have some ideas about, you know, possibly the Googles of the world. They people, you know, a lot of businesses, especially technology companies, look up to the Googles of the world. And if they see, hey, they're going to an open office trend and they're so successful, maybe we should do this, too. Do you think there's a little bit of that, too? I think possibly, you know, I think I think it started with tech for sure, because tech started in, you know, the best open office, a garage. Like, look at where Apple started and look at, you know, all of those companies in Silicon Valley. And I think, you know, the title of the article is a little bit clickbaity and I didn't write it, actually. You know, because That's a good it's, gr- it's a great subject. But, you know, I actually don't think Google got it wrong. I think Google got it right for Google. But Google is not the same as an advertising agency, is not the same as a publishing company, is not the same as et cetera, et cetera. So I think, you know, where it started. And I think that model started for certain companies that knew they would survive, if not thrive in that environment, you know. And so then everybody else kind of was like, oh, look what they're doing over there. That's kind of like great. We're getting a lot of bang for not that much buck. 
And that's how kind of everybody started coming to the party. But I don't think that it was because it, it made great sense for the individual business. After your your essay came out, did you get any feedback from either employees who have experienced the open office environment or even leaders at companies who are like, man, I was thinking about going this route, but maybe I'm going to change my tune and, and kind of shift you know, back to the kind of the private workspace environment? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely, I have to say that like, you know, I write a lot of different kinds of, this is a different kind of article for me. Yeah. I like to write kind of personal essays, but I had this in me and it needed to come out. And, uh, you know, when you write anything and you put anything out there in the world, you are obviously opening yourself up to trolling and mm, absolutely. And I will say this is the only thing I've ever written that was so overwhelmingly like supported oh, and good. no i mean there was just like no mean comments even people who were like didn't agree with me were like well it's fine for me but i i do understand you know whereas opposed to the other things i read they're like you're stupid and this is terrible you know this was just such a different thing and it was so interesting how how it really touched a nerve so um i'm not sure that anybody like who was thinking of doing an open office changed their mind but I think it, it might have made some people rethink how they were doing it. And I think at this point, that's all that we can hope for. And I really want to write a follow up on that, you know, about like, how can we get it right? Yes. Because I think we can sit here and cry over spilled milk, but like the open office is here to stay. You know, that's just, it makes perfect sense. Like, how are we? It's gonna, economical. Absolutely. It's economical. How are we going to come back from this? I don't think that we are. I don't, I don't see it going the other way around. Like, oh, let's put fewer people in more space. And like, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, how can we really make the space work for us instead of against us? And I think what's really interesting is I'm, I'm a creative director now and I'm freelance and that's a new thing. So I went freelance about a year after I wrote that article. And what's interesting and unique about that is that it put me in a lot of different offices. So I've almost become like a secret shopper. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, you know, kind of the inner office inspector. So now I've seen a lot of different ways. And I actually have to say, as much as I hated my original off open office, it, it's kind of not that bad compared to some others, which are really terrible. I mean, and, and as a freelancer, you you basically sit in like the custodian closet. Like they don't yeah. care what they put you. They'll put you somewhere. Yeah. And it's usually like a private spot, right? No, no. I oh, was, it's not. I think I was in the kitchen at one job. Oh. Um, but you don't kind of don't care that much because you know you're not a permanent fixture. But it's interesting, you know, the different ways the different places have done things. And you can really see what's working and what's absolutely not working. When I was looking at your article, I actually started kind of flipping through some of the comments. And it de you're definitely right. I mean, a lot of people are supportive of it. And I mean, I, last time I looked, it seemed like you had like seven, 800 comments on it. So you definitely struck a chord with this article. Like some people... I think they like shut it off. Like they cut off the comments. It's crazy. <laughs> so like, I don't know if you ever looked through some of those comments, but what are some oh, of the yeah. common themes that you're, that people were saying in response to it? I mean, it was just a lot of, I agree, I, my productivity is down, I can't get anything done unless I come in earlier, go, you know, work from home, which is exactly how I felt. Or people saying, you know, thank God my office hasn't done this yet. The day that this ever happens, I will die. I, I can't, I fear the day this happens. Or a lot of people saying stuff like that. Or people saying, I have an open office and I like it, but I'm in a different field than you you know, it's not the same for everybody. So just like I said, it was, it was so shocking how nice everybody was. Yeah. Because if you've ever published anything that could be subjective on the internet, you're you know, just basically, you're going to get some backlash. Yeah. It's like stand there, open your arms and wait for like the daggers to fly. But 
you know, that was, was what was so interesting about this. And it had a lot of research behind it. There was real facts and substance and things that I think people were like, yeah, I get that. I feel that way. Personally, so like our company, we had a pretty outdated office environment. We had really old looking cubes. They were really tall though, so there was some privacy involved. And then we went to kind of a modern look and we lowered the the cube levels so you could see people and noise travel a lot more. And I think people had a hard time adjusting at first, but yeah. just like, you know, we're human beings, we can adapt to pretty much anything. And in your experience, did you did you guys adapt and what sort of things did you do to adapt to that new open space? you adapt because you have no choice, right? You have no choice. Yeah, exactly. You know, for me, I kind of realized like I needed to put myself into one of those rooms if I could, like if I really had to get some stuff done. There were rooms, of course, they all had like glass windows and I could see everything. (laughs) And they were like, you know, a fight to the death to try to get into them. But if I could just kind of separate myself visually, especially from the people that were my my close friends, because I, I had also worked at this agency for like nine years. So, you know, these people were like my family. So can you imagine like, you know, trying to work with your family around? I mean, you have kids, right? It's like no one, no one's going to respect that you're trying to do something because they can see you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I thought buying like bright blue headphones get an obnoxious color would help. But mouths were still moving. Like it's, I was like, oh my God, people are talking to me. I can't hear them. They're talking to me. Like (laughs) there's no door to knock on, you know, like nothing, (laughs) nothing was assigned to like come back later. You know what I mean? Whereas if when we had an office, if we ever did close the door, people respected that. There's something about a closed door that you respect or a door with a note on it that says on a conference call, come back at X time even if we weren't on that, a conference call, but it was like, come back, you know? And uh, there was just really something to be said about that. I imagine you get to know people pretty well with the open environment. Like you, like you were saying, you're joking about the walking dead, like people just coming in and, and chatting about the latest episode. And so you see a couple of people kind of standing around talking about it and you can overhear it because it's an open space. And now, you know, a couple other people who are listening in, they want to join in the conversation. So I imagine there is a certain level of, you know, discussion or collaboration. I mean, that's un- not work related, but I imagine it happens a little bit more because you can see them. And so maybe personal relationships, do they get a little deeper? Did you, did you notice a difference in that? This did happen to me years ago in another office where we went from like not open to open. And it was designed a little differently, but I did like kind of forge an, a, a relationship with kind of an older woman. She wasn't old, but older than me. I was like in my 20s. And she actually kind of became a mentor to me. And I never talked to her before when we had offices. That's the kind of thing I would say was like a benefit, but it absolutely did not outweigh the other things <laughs> for me. And also, you know, like, People got sick a lot more. Yeah, I imagine germs uh, travel a little bit yeah. easier. I did some research on it because I, I, I was a speaker at a conference. So I did I put it together a whole presentation. And like apparently open office employees took 70% more sick days than oh, open office employees. But this is one survey. And um, 50% of common surfaces were contaminated. Ugh. Desktops, telephones, copiers, elevator buttons, like just disgusting. You know. It's not without concerns in other ways, too. You you end your article by actually giving some kind of tangible takeaways for, like, this trend's not going away, but here's what we can do as employees, or here's what, you know, HR people can do, our leaders of companies to help, you know, minimize distractions and maybe even sickness. You know, what are some of those things that you kind of learn along the way in your research? How to make it better? Yeah, how to make it better, how to make it work, how to adapt to it. For me, it's like, and this would obviously be kind of a starting from scratch thing, but it's all about the design and the 
thoughtfulness that goes into it. So like Hachette Publishing, which I referenced in the article, you know, they're a publishing company and the, and publishing companies obviously like are notorious for having rooms and offices because they have to read all day long. And, it, and you know, they were one of the first to move to the open office because they, they couldn't afford their office. But they were so thoughtful about the way they just designed and thought about their new space. And even though it was open space, you know, they made sure that the, you know, kind of like barriers on the cubicle were at a higher height, you know, like you said, people, they lower the barriers for you, which is like nice for being social, but not good for getting work done when you can see people so that, you know, they made them the right height. They piped in um, pink noise through the speakers, which is white noise set to human voice frequency. Meanwhile, my office played music. It was like Maroon 5. Like all day. Uh, well, some days, yeah, I was like about to have. Like I, I can handle that for like maybe an hour, but I don't know. Every day at like three p.m., it was like the death metal hit list, and you know, I was like, I can't. Like I don't want to hear this. And Who I was making music. this playlist. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, bosses. But I love music. But like I need to hear it when I want to hear it. The idea that they kind of had this pink noise piped through, so you can't hear everything everyone's saying. It's kind of an ambient thing. I thought that was so brilliant. They made rooms that were like quiet cars is what they called them, where like if you're going to go in that room, like, you know, it's almost like the library. You go in there and you don't talk, right? So you could fit a lot of people because that was the problem with our private rooms is it's like one person kind of a thing where if you could have a great big room that everybody went into but knew that you were not allowed to talk, be on the phone or whatever, they did things really thoughtfully. And I think that that's just that's the best solution is with your design, with your furniture, with those little touches that really do actually make a very big impact. To me, that's everything. Yeah, those are good ideas. You also touched on just the it was brief, but working at home, I think that's a trend that's probably going to be, you're going to see more and more of just because of technology. It's just easier to do work at home. Whether or not employers going to be able to trust employees to, to be on and, and be working all the time is kind of remains to be seen. And maybe it's a case by case basis. But do you see that kind of playing a role in kind of how to fix this open office environment thing? I do. I mean, I think it's hard because when you work in a company, it depends on the kind of company. Some of them you really need to be face to face. And I mean, as a freelancer, I do a lot of work from home now. And, you know, some of the companies I work for, like nobody's there, you know, so it's great because nobody expects anybody to be there. And if you have meetings on a Google Hangout, if you need to talk or or Skype or whatever, and, you know, everybody emails or slacks or does whatever and and it works pretty well. But there, you know, there's certain environments where you do all need to be together in a room. So I'm not sure if it works for everybody all the time. But I think trusting your employees and giving them that option, if you are in the kind of environment where you don't have a lot of space for people to go and they need it, I think it's a is a nice thing to do. And you know, if somebody abuses it, well, obviously, then they're not a good employee, because I think, you know, just like, you know, my sister works for a tech startup in Denver, and they have unlimited vacation days. And what they found with that kind of thing is that people actually take less than they normally would. Same thing. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like, if you put some trust into your employees, you might be surprised with what they do. And I think people need to, to be allowed to work in the way they feel is going to behoove them and make them the most productive versions of themselves. Because at the end of the day, if like, you know, somebody isn't reaching their potential of productivity, like, what's the point? 
I think it's all really good advice. And I really appreciate you for, for one, jumping on the podcast, but for one, writing that article and kind of shedding <laughs> some light from an employee's perspective. I mean, really what I hear you saying is just, you know, for leaders that are listening to this podcast or even HR people who have some influence is just being thoughtful. If you're going to, if you're going to go this route, be thoughtful about how you design your workspace, especially if it's inevitable that you're going to go to an off, open office environment and just, you know, show some trust in your employees to work from home if they need to, or, or even just shift their, their work habits. So I, I loved all the tips that you provided. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? You covered it. I mean, awesome. you know, this is good inspiration. I need to write a follow-up article. So yeah, this, do uh, it. this oh, is good inspiration. I would love to hear it. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get back where, and chat on, about it. <laughs> sounds good. And where can um, listeners read your work and just kind of follow up on what you're doing? Um, I have a Twitter handle, which is the Opinion Store. Um, I have my personal website, which is Lindsay Kaufman Writer. All my articles and advertising work is up there. If you uh, you are so intrigued, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on all the normal internet, web channel kind of things. Fantastic, Lindsay Kaufman. Thank you for joining the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com. <laughs>